Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Amanda? You know, I'm doing okay. If you can't if you can't tell my voice may sound a little bit different today. I am dealing with a good heavy dose of strep throat and I've got a nice summer head cold to kick off the season. How are you? <laughs> I'm definitely feeling some allergies, but nothing like what you're dealing with. It kind of reminds me you mentioned in one of our recent episodes and I can't remember the exact quote. It was better than this, but something about like there are no like no half-assed days. I can't remember. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was I like don't. never mind. I don't. It was like um in entrepreneurship, you are either on or you're off. Like you can't just Oh yeah, you just can't like really phone it in. Like it's yeah. very noticeable when you do. I am um fully medicated to the hilt. So I am up and moving around and still working like normal before we hopped on this to sched to uh record today. I was wrapping up a big social media strategy meeting. I am fully in pajama mode and have no apologies for it. So all the clients that I'm meeting with this week are getting full pajamas. I ate waffles on my last call. I am just leaning into being a full sick swamp goblin is what I call it when I'm working in my pajamas because the struggle is real, but it's okay. I'm hopeful that I get it knocked out and then I don't get any, I don't get sick again until next year because I don't get sick very often. So all good things there. I'm excited to be chatting with you. I feel like we haven't talked in 700 years. I know it's really strange because we actually talk pretty much every day, but it feels like if I haven't seen your face, it feels like it's been a long time. Very so what true. do you want to talk about today? What are we going to discuss? Well, I have lots of questions for you about your new exciting coaching program that you're taking. And I thought that this episode would be fun to talk about when should you get a coach or when should you join a coaching program if you are an entrepreneur or if you're just like in, I don't know, I don't care if you're in corporate world and you're listening to this and you want to get into your own business. One thing that's difficult about coaching is that and any kind of learning programs. There's online courses, there's group programs, there's one-on-one -on -one coaching, there's so masterminds, there's so many different investments you can make in like learning, <laughs> learning and mentorship and all kinds of things like that. And knowing what to invest in when and with who and what you want to get out of it, I think is really difficult. So when I started my business, there were a million programs that I had heard about that everybody's heard about, right? Like Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy and Stu McLaren's formerly known as Tribe, now the membership experience, like the really big ones in the industry. And I wanted to do all of those, but they were out of my 
investment level at the time. And so I put them on a wish list. And what's funny is then when I got to first got to a point where I felt like I could afford to invest in that level of coaching, or it's not even coaching, but like learning and that investment of learning, I felt like I've taken a million online courses and I've been listening to their podcasts and I follow them on social media and like, do I really need this? And I think my biggest gripe with all things coaching and online learning is that you don't really know what it is till you've already paid. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I, I am a naturally a very skeptical person. And because I work with so many coaches, a lot of my clients are coaches. I have a lot of skepticism because I see the seams, right? Because when I work in the back end of the business for a lot of the coaches who are all wonderful, I don't work with anyone whose material I don't believe in. Just on a personal note, I don't want to work on somebody's content that I like, like totally disagree with. But I also know the sales funnel and the sales process. I see the seams of the marketing in the background. And so um, I'll give you a perfect example. I reached out to, I'm at the point in my business where I'm ready to level up again. I would love to have a coach or get a mastermind going. And so I reached out to a potential coaching program that was geared towards virtual assistants who made a certain amount a month who was ready to level up sounded exactly like what I wanted to do. It did have a higher price tag, but I was up for it. I was like, you know what? If I'm, I am a believer, if you want to grow, you do have to invest in your business. So I was totally up for it, right? Well, I get an email that's like, join to see if you qualify. It's a very, the, the marketing on it was, it's very hard to qualify. There's a very strict vetting process. All things that I'm like, I am in for this. This is going to be people that are in my lane, people that are on the same page as I am. Let me find out if I qualify for what they're looking for. I submitted this whole questionnaire. I explained my revenue, my client load, what I'm looking for, all the things. Hit send. And within two minutes... I got an email back that says, congratulations, you've been accepted. You know what that tells me? Nobody looked at that application, first of all. And second of all, the only thing they looked at was my revenue. And that I checked the box that I hit this revenue mark that they were looking at working for, working with, because I had enough money that I could afford this coaching program. Do you know how icky that is to me? That's so icky. That tells me that it's not an elite coaching program. Anybody can join as long as they tell them they make that certain amount of money. That to me is so, that's the seams that I'm talking about. That's the marketing behind it. There's a virtual assistant in the background selling this coaching program. And it's not, it's not, I'm, that's the skeptic in me is like, that's exactly why I don't do it. Oh, I think that's a really great point. And I think that kind of putting on your personal investigator hat to see how do how can I tell if this is what I'm looking for? Because every coaching program, online course, mastermind uses the same, they they all use the same buzzwords, they use the same language, they use the same marketing, they use the same freaking scripts and the same templates for their landing pages and their social media posts. And so it's like, how do you even know what it is you're getting? And because there's no regulation in or very little regulation in online business. People can just charge anything they want and they do not have to provide payment plans or refund options, which is just, just makes it hard sometimes to invest in things if you just don't know. Yeah, exactly. It is, um, and I even went a step further to think, 
you know what? I'm going to give this a go. We're just going to see. We're just going to see how far this plays out because I, I really do trust the expertise of the people that were putting this coaching program on. I'm specifically not saying their name because I do think they do a lot yeah, for yeah. the virtual assistant world. I just don't think they're they're at the level that I'm looking for quite yet. But I sat in on a Q&A about this mastermind group. And I asked a lot of questions. If you know me, I love questions. <laughs> so I asked a ton of questions. And they answered every single one of them. They all were giving me the answers that I wanted. And then the last thing they asked me was, how do we get you to a yes? And immediately, I feel like I'm in a back office trying to buy a timeshare. And they're just trying to get me to say yes. They don't care what it is they're telling me. They don't care about meeting me on my level or on a personal note. So I have yet to invest in a coaching program, but I'm very open to it. I'm very open to it. And I'm very interested to hear how you're feeling about your coaching program that you're currently in. So one thing that I think was important to me in my next this and and I'll share what this program is because it's a really positive experience so far but um one thing that and it's it is technically an online course but there definitely is group coaching involved but anyway one thing that was really important to me in my next investment in learning was I guess there were two things. One is being really clear on what I expected to get out of it. Like this is how am I going to measure whether this investment was worth it? And for me, it was about making connections. If I can make connections in this group, then I will say it's worth it no matter what I learn, right? I just want to try to connect with some people. And then the other piece of this was so many people I work with, like my clients, are alumni, like my highest performing clients are all alumni of this program. So those two things were really big selling points for me. And that is I did enroll in this year's round of the membership experience with Stu McLaren. And I want to be clear too about this. I am launching a membership this year with PodFox called the audio revolution, it is already happening. And in fact, I'd already built out a lot of the back end of it before I even enrolled in TME with Stu, the membership experience TME. That's what the abbreviation is in case anybody got lost there. So honestly, what I felt like is I don't really think I quote unquote need this in order for my membership to be successful. I know enough about what I'm doing and I, I already have enough of a plan that I know that my membership will be successful. So with that being said, I did not go into this to learn how to do a membership. I did not go into this expecting to learn anything that I did not already know. I went into this to try to connect with other people who are running online businesses and specifically to get a glimpse into Stu and his team themselves because the only people who get access to their additional offers are alumni of their program. So the only way I'm going to quote unquote get in the room at that higher level is if I am an alum of this base program and if I already know that my membership is going to be successful, then I already know I'm going to be a success story as an alum of this program. So it's just kind of checking the box of like, yes, I did this. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. So are you learning anything new? 
I would say so far, have I learned anything new? Not necessarily, except it's framed differently. So the mindset shift is real. The kind of perspective on things is really, really great. It's really easy. It's really bite-sized pieces. It's really high impact. It makes everything about this feel like I can do this. Like I can do this and I can keep it simple. It's like a big thing for Stu is keeping things as simple as possible and just trying to get results for your people as fast as possible. And it's carrying over into how I want to show up with my done for you services clients. And it's also showing up, of course, in how I'm putting together this membership. And it also makes the membership feel that much more real. I think the other big thing that has been really impressive about this is um, I guess there's two things. The other two things that are really impressive about this. One is how it's implemented. So I feel like I'm learning a lot by example. It's absolutely the best digital course I've ever taken. And I have taken a lot of digital courses. <laughs> I have not finished a lot of digital courses. You know, I buy them and then kind of make my way through them, but don't actually implement the work or I don't even finish them. And anybody out there who's like a course investor can totally understand and relate to that that's like a big problem with online courses and it's one of the problems why with like one of the issues i have with doing online courses of my own is sort of how do you create an experience that people are still going to get results when i tried to launch my own online course a few years ago i felt like just so disconnected from anyone who went through the program compared to my done for you services clients who i'm like literally holding their hand <laughs> So I don't know if the people who went through, if anybody who went through that uh, online course actually launched a podcast. I don't know if they had success. I don't know what their uh, feelings and experiences were. I felt so disconnected where I feel so close to the people that I'm working with now. And even if they did launch podcasts as a result of the online course, I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're taking my advice. I don't know. Like I can't, I can't. I can't have as much of an impact as I would like. So seeing how they've created this like experience and they only do it once a year and there's so many live components and the way they drip out the content and what the platform is like that they're using, which is Stu's own platform called Searchy. There's, it's so interesting to see it done really well in an industry that I think a lot of people just make content and put a price tag on it. And that's doing online business, right? And and me included. But I, I mean, I think my content's good, but I think that is a big problem in online business. So, uh, so seeing an example of it being done well, especially by somebody who has a big name, because the reality is he doesn't have to do a good job. Just having the reputation that he has, people would buy it, you know? Yeah, totally. If you could give a coach... If there was a coach listening right now and you were going to give them some advice, what would you tell them? Like, what would you see as a successful coaching program? What would make you like buy into a program? That might be the better question. I think one thing is definitely access to people who have gotten results 
in the past. And this is tough if you're a new coach. This is tough if you're launching a new program. If you're launching a new program, I think people who have gotten results from you in other contexts, like whatever other offers you've had in the past would be really helpful. And honestly, trying to get them to do a live component. Like don't just slap a graphic or a quote on your website from them and call it a testimonial. Like get somebody to go live with you and talk about the results that you get. Also, I think sharing like this is going to sound so clinical, but go with me on this, a framework and outcomes. That is so big to me. And anything we ever do in the context of Big Brave Business in the future, this is something I would, um, I will die on this hill, as Eric and I like to say. That's one thing we always say in our relationship. Would you die on that hill? So this is a hill I'm willing to die on. Any program that I do will have a framework and anticipated outcomes. So Again, I know that sounds really clinical, but it doesn't have to be. And I think it doesn't have to feel like school, although, hello, online course sounds like school, does it not? (laughs) But I think that there should be a structure and steps that you are helping people take that will lead to anticipated outcomes. If they follow these steps, they will have these outcomes. Now, you can't guarantee how much money someone will make. And you can't guarantee, honestly, that they're even going to have any paying customers or paying clients if they go through your program. But I think, you know, anticipated outcomes could be around confidence. Anticipated outcomes could be around like actual results, depending on what you coach on. So it could be like, you're actually going to have copy, you're actually going to have sales pages, you're actually going to have a functional program, a functional offer, whatever it is, but letting people know what they're going to get out of it. Because I think so many people who go into coaching, especially if they haven't invested in coaching before, they don't know what to get out of it. And my very first business coach that I had when I walked into my first like co- paid coaching session with her, she said to me, one reason I knew I wanted to work with you is because you're the type of person who gets what you came for. And as much as that was a really big compliment, I did not know what I was there for. I just knew I was like leveling up and I was going to unknown territory. And I liked to say at the time I was about to jump off a cliff and I could do it myself or I could do it strapped to somebody with a parachute, right? And so I wanted to strap myself to somebody with a parachute, but I didn't know what that leap was going to look like. So I didn't know what I came for. And that made it really hard for me to then be the one responsible for getting something out of it because I didn't know what it is I was supposed to get out of it. And when you're investing a high ticket price point in somebody's services, you need to know what you can expect to get. And then as the coach, you have to follow through on that. So if you're promising like a business plan or a website or confidence showing up on video or a social media strategy or whatever, like follow through on those things so that that person goes into it expecting something tangible and they leave with something tangible. I think that's a really great insight. And I think you and I both are very concrete people. Um, I'm up for the woo-woo. I'm up for, and that was another thing. I keep relating it back to this failed coaching program that I didn't sign up for, but I am, it's a perfect example as to why I didn't, which was they were very big about 
We are going to have a select group of less than 10 people in this cohort who are in the exact same place that you are in your business. And we're going to get in a circle together and we're going to talk about how you're feeling about your business. We're going to talk about what kind of like trauma or feelings that might be holding you back. And I was like, I don't want that though. Like, I don't, I don't want, I could go to therapy on my own. I'd prefer to go to therapy on my own if I needed it. I would rather have some concrete, definitive business advice. That was a big part of it for me where I was like, I don't want feel good. And I told them this on the call. I said, that's just not really for me. I have um, major religious trauma. I'm not sitting in a circle with anybody. Okay. I did enough of that growing up. I did enough of that in, in youth groups. I'm not sitting in a circle talking about my feelings. I want concrete business advice. Like if I'm paying you X amount of dollars, I want like I want to come out of this knowing where my business is headed. I've got clarity, like no bullshit. Like we know what we're doing here. I think and- that's interesting, Amanda, because I would say like what you really want then is probably not something labeled a mastermind. What you really want probably is more an online course or a group coaching program. Well, I would say that that would make sense. But this particular organization is 100% virtual assistant based. Like it is built by assistants, um, people that have been in VAs who started leaving corporate very on very similar journeys than I am. And even when I discuss my business with people who are business minded, it's like it's hard to they give great advice. And I'm like, I understand where you're coming from with that advice. It would never work in a virtual assistant role. Mm. Virtual assisting is such a unique niche. And it's like I really want to work with people because I could go find a great business coach who would help me have a business plan who would help me understand how I can grow and all that. But what I'm really needing to know, and I can do that. What I'm wanting to know is like, where's the framework for a virtual assistant company to scale? Like, what does that look like for me next steps? And I feel like I really genuinely need to talk to someone who is in the same arena, the same niche as I am. But I'm very open. Like I talk to anybody. I am just also like, I will tell you this. This is kind of embarrassing. When I was on that call, <laughs> I cannot believe I'm telling y'all this. When I was on this mastermind call, I was asking so many questions and they had all six coaches on this call. And one of the girls, uh, I say girls, one of the women who was one of the coaches interrupted and said, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. I, I mean, ask me anything. I'm like 20 questioning you guys. She goes, and there's like, you know, 50 people. <laughs> 50 people on this call. She goes, are you the challenger personality Enneagram? <laughs> and I was like, why? Because I'm asking so many questions. And because I was like, I was coming at them hard, but I was respectful and friendly and nice. Like I wasn't rude. She was like, you just, you just have like a challenger energy about you. That's what she said to me on that call. Hmm. You don't think that's funny? I think that's hilarious and embarrassing. I was like, no, I'm actually a six. I'm covered in anxiety, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm glad you see me that way. (laughs) I think it's, well, I think it's interesting. I think it's loaded for a lot of reasons. I think, first of all, it almost sounds like there was judgment on her side. And that bothers me because being anywhere on the Enneagram is not good or bad. So like, that kind of bugs me because it sort of suggests like, so what if you were? And then the other part of that is funny that it's not remotely true. And that's like such a big part of the Enneagram is you're not supposed to assign an Enneagram to other people. So 
I just thought it was hysterical that I was like, I obviously came off all like super strong because I don't give my money to people if I don't really believe in what they're selling. I thought it was hysterical. Be mindful about where you put your money. In my opinion, I think one thing that you said that really stands out to me is that they ask you what would it take to get you to a yes. And another thing about that that I think would be a put off is that you were being sold to with all of this marketing language around this is so elite and you have to apply to get in and then they're trying to sell it to you out of 50 people if it was really that elite and competitive then shouldn't you be selling yourself to them yes yes i totally see where you're coming from can i also tell you the last thing before we wrap this up i have got to tell you the last thing that they said to me uh well said to all of us or was asking all of us before we got off the call they said and there's nothing wrong with this i'm going to preface this by saying there is nothing wrong with this question okay but they asked me and everybody are you going to talk to your husbands and to get like are they going to be okay with this i'm like First of all, my husband and I, Drew and I, have our money together. I can appreciate that. But Drew ain't on this call (laughs) and Drew ain't making this decision and it's not Drew's business. If this is a group of people who make X amount of money, a certain level of money, that's not going to be an issue for them to join this coaching program. Why would I need to go ask my husband? So icky. Just was not a good experience. There's so much about this that I hate. I hate that there were seven coaches. I hate the way that they handled like so many of these interactions. Hmm, That's unfortunate. Shout out, (laughs) by the way, if anybody from that call is listening to this so you know what she's talking about. I did tell them I had a podcast and I did drop the name. So hi. Shout out to you. Listen, we're all doing the best that we can. We're not trying to come for you personally. I don't know you personally. So that's not what it's about. But I think that hopefully if you are listening to this and you made it this far into this episode, (laughs) hopefully you can take it as some constructive feedback. And either we're not your people, which is totally fine because there's other people out there for you, or Maybe if this launch didn't necessarily go the way you wanted it to, and if it did, great. But if it didn't, then maybe this is constructive feedback you can take into your next launch. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just wrong. And I can be wrong. That's fine. I can be wrong. But I'm sorry. But anyways, so what's making you happy this week? What's your first thing, Sarah? Uh, The first thing is definitely this online course. It's definitely TME. I'm having a blast in it. And I... I'm feeling really motivated. It's like lighting me up about business again. And that feels really good. I would say like the one thing about it that I am kind of sad about is that most of the people who are in the program are like a solid 20 years older than I am. And really? Yes. And you guys, I'm not like 20. Okay. I am in my mid thirties and yes, they are the older end of Gen X slash even boomers. Like that's the majority of the people in this, in this program. So I like put a post out there in the Facebook group for it saying like, where are the other millennials? (laughs) The millennials or those like on the cusp of millennial and Gen X. I'm good. I'm good either place. But like, like obviously, I mean, Eric's Gen X. But, well, he's on the cusp, so he relates to both. But I am 
it's not that I have anything against people who are 20 years older than me. I have a lot of friends who are 20 years older than me, but I really went into this wanting to make connections with people. And I'm overwhelmed by how many people in there are doing like 55 and up memberships. Hey, got something for everybody. <laughs> something yeah, for everybody. Yeah. But that is weird. I totally get it when you're trying to network and it's just people that are not in your same generation. Totally. So if you're listening to this and you're a millennial and you are, which is probably most people listening to this, or Gen X, and you are in TME, tell me, like, let's talk because there's a lot of people. It's like 15, 1600 people in this program, I think, maybe more. So if you're in there, let's connect. But even if you're not in there, as you guys know, I'm always down for new business besties. <laughs> but I do love that program. And that is definitely making me happy. What's your first thing? Oh, that's great. Okay. My first thing is going to, first of all, I want to give a shout out to an Etsy store that I stumbled on, I think through Instagram. It's called Budget with Tan, T-A-N. It's a minority owned Etsy store and she creates some adorable budget and savings How's, I can't even think of the best way to describe it to give you a visual without with my words. <laughs> but they're basically binders that you it gamifies savings. I have savings that I do through like my checking account, but I and I never have cash. Do you ever do you keep cash on you? Only if I travel. Yeah, like I never have cash. So what it's done is every time I go to the grocery store, every time I go to Target, I will, you know how you can get cash back. I will get like $40, $60 back in cash and I'll get it in fives. And then these budget guides, like the one that I have, it goes up to $1,000. Every envelope has a different total on it and you fill up each envelope. And by the time that you're done, you don't even realize that you've saved $1,000. They're super fun. It's so cute. It makes it more real, I think, to have physical cash to do it with because I typically just like move money over from my checking account into my savings account. So if you stream struggle. I don't struggle with savings, but I did want to make it more intentional. I was, I'm trying to be better about intentionally making an effort to save because it's one of those things I just kind of do in the background. So if you're one of those people who one struggles with saving money, or you just want a more fun way like I did to save money and to be more intentional about it, I really recommend checking out that, that Etsy store. It's Budget with Tan, T-A-N. And she's got tons of different options, but they're all really, really fun. And I would recommend it. It's fun. I love that. Another thing that is bringing me joy is that I have switched my meeting schedule. I think we've talked about this briefly on this podcast before of like one, I mean, this job, both of our jobs could become seven days of meetings if we let it. Easily. So... My meeting schedule started to get out of control and I decided, like you, that I was going to limit which days of the week I was doing meetings so that I'd have time to actually do other work, let alone like take time off. And I switched first to Monday, Wednesday, Friday meetings and then Tuesday, Thursday, no meetings. And I did not love it because I found that it contributed to me actually having like Sunday scaries, as they call it, Sunday night dread, which I never used to have in entrepreneurship. And having, knowing Monday was a meeting day, 
and it was starting early in the morning because I definitely had to expand the hours that I take meetings if I limit the days that I take meetings. So that was definitely contributing. Also, that made it really challenging to ever be able to do like a three-day weekend somewhere and just like hit the road, you know, like I, I really didn't have that option unless I scheduled it pretty far out in advance. So I recently, like a month ago, started transitioning it to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I do meetings and I have no meetings Monday or Friday. And there were a few because that's the almost the opposite of what I was doing before. There were a few meetings that had been scheduled out in advance that leaked into my Mondays and Fridays for this month, but it's been so great. I love not having meetings on Monday and Friday. Then it's like, four straight days of no meetings every single week. And it feels like every week is an extended weekend, even though I work during the weekend and no Sunday night dread because Monday is already a Monday. I'm working. Everybody else is working. So I'm getting emails and responding to stuff, but I don't have like anything on my calendar for Monday morning. And usually my Tuesday morning first meeting is you. So that's always a happy meeting. So my first meeting back transitioning into three straight days of meetings is hanging out with my best friend. Yay. I love that. That's so <laughs> I wish I could have four days of no meeting. It would be impossible for me to go like no meetings Mondays. Um, Fridays, I don't have meetings, but Monday or typically I don't. I have the last couple of weeks just because I had to. But Mondays are such a busy day. I'm so jealous. That's such a great, that's such a great thing. I have also been strangely enough getting the Sunday scaries and I don't know why. Interesting. Maybe it's the season. I blame everything on summer. Summer's coming. It's just got me feeling (laughs) weird. My second thing that's making me really happy this week and no judgment. Okay. Cause I know everyone's going to be like, where have you been Amanda? Welcome to the party. (laughs) I just recently got discovered focus mode do not disturb mode on all of my devices and listen (laughs) it has been such a game changer for me I tested it out this past weekend I really wanted to see if I first of all if I liked it if I had any complications like if there was a client emergency was I able to still check on them if I wanted to kind of thing just to make sure that like somebody's house isn't burning down and they can't reach me, you know, that kind of thing. But I also do kind of want to be off the grid a bit on the weekends. And it was awesome. Short story. If like full stop, if you were thinking about, I was at the point where I was getting so much traffic on my phone on the weekends. Like I was already trying to figure out if I could get a second cell phone that was just for work. So I just had work apps on and everything that was personal would be on this other cell phone. No, no, don't do that. All you need is to like customize all of your settings in focus mode so that you can decide who can text you and who can't, what apps can ping you and what can't. Because if I get a notification from Slack over the weekend that's like, hey, this social media post went up and it was wrongly formatted, I don't want to know about it until Monday. I can't do anything about it until Monday. And when I'm at the farmer's market with my dog and I'm enjoying the sunshine and I'm not sick... Um, I don't want to be getting Slack notifications because I will carry that with me all day long. So it has been such a game changer for me. It is making me so happy. I've even played with, oh my gosh, guys, setting boundaries and turning the focus mode on after work hours. It has been, honestly, even though I still work late until the night, 
it's been a game changer because I don't constantly get those notifications after hours because a lot of my clients are two hours behind me. They're still working even though I'm technically done. It's been awesome to be able to just get projects done. Like, hello, time management. Where have you been my entire life? So I know I'm late to the party, but that's what's making me happy. I love that for you. Okay, my third one out of three is that I have two things that are time off related that I'm looking forward to. So in July, we're going to attempt 11 days off, both me and Eric, which is like a long time to be truly off. We did a two-week trip in the fall of 2022, but we worked that trip. But that, a two-week trip, that's like since I was a teenager, basically, that's the longest I've ever done like a quote unquote vacation. And I say quote unquote, because we worked during, we took our laptops and worked on the road, but we're going to try, we're going to try to do 11 days truly off in July. And I think this will be a really good kind of test for this online entrepreneurship thing for building the lifestyle that I want to be able to live. It's a little bit extra tricky because of the three people who currently work for PodFox, we're two of them. (laughs) So for both of us to be off for 11 days is asking for a lot. It would be a lot, a lot more doable if we were not taking the time off together. I could feel a lot more confident taking 11 days off if I knew both you and Eric were going to be available to the business, then I would be absolutely certain that 11 days off would be doable. But both me and Eric taking 11 days is asking for a lot. So we'll see how that goes. We do have plans for some of it, which I'm sure we'll share more about on the podcast in the future. But we might be moving in July. So that's part of the reason I hope we are not moving. But that's part of the reason why I wanted to schedule in that extra time off. Point of this is I'll be available for some of that time if I have to work, but I'm going to try not to. And then the second like big time off thing that I'm looking forward to is actually not until November. And we are doing an East Coast trip DC, Gettysburg, and my hometown. My dad still lives in Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. And Eric has never been to DC or Gettysburg. So since they're a lot closer to each other than they are to Phoenix, which is where we live, we're going to do all three of those things. Um, And I cannot wait. So, but November is a very long time away. And I'm not wishing that time away, but I'm very excited about that trip. So, two big time off things to look forward to. What's that's your last thing? That's awesome. I love vacations. Um, My thing that I am most happy about is in nine days, nine whole days, I will be in Orlando, Florida with some great friends and my husband. We are going to go to Universal Studios. We are annual pass holder. We are theme park people. We're not Disney people, but we have to be able to get like cocktails and really adult food when we go (laughs) we go on vacation so we are going to go um, with a bunch of friends for a very quick trip it's like two or three days we're gonna go to Florida and ride some roller coasters and 
just hang out and get out of town. And I really, really, really need it. Um, specifically after this week of being sick, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> and um, I just feel like I want to crawl underneath my bed and hide. And I just feel like that's a really good sign that I need a vacation. So it is, but it's also a really good sign that you are sick. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing that and getting out of town for a couple of days. And Drew and I are never happier than when we get to travel together. We're just really, you know, those people you go on trips with and they're your friends, but they're not good travel companions. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. I have friends that I love dearly, but they're not great dinner companions. Like they're picky <laughs> about their food or they don't enjoy going out to dinner. Like there are people that don't like going to dinner. I don't understand that blows them. my mind. <laughs> I know they don't enjoy like the whole act of like going into a restaurant and they would rather just eat at home. Good for you if you're one of those people, because that is not me. Me um, neither. Yeah, so there are people that just don't love to, like, aren't great travelers. And so Drew and I are just, I don't know, we're just really good about traveling together. We have such a good time, and I'm just so ready. Um, if I could give any advice to a young couple, get theme park tickets. They're not that expensive. Get annual passes, and you can go with a drop of a hat if you're close to some theme park, and just be kids for a little while. Like, I'm not saying you got to go all in and get Mickey Mouse ears, but I am telling you there is something to be said for having a getaway that allows you to be a kid for a little bit. Like eat a, eat a salted pretzel, ride some roller coasters, get up really early and, and be their first one in the park and be the last one to leave and watch fireworks and just be a kid for a little while. It's really, really fun. And it's even more fun when you're an adult and you can like do whatever you want to do, spend however much money you want to spend. It's just... It has been it has been just such a fulfilling part of our marriage early on and we just thoroughly enjoy it. So yes. Yeah. So we also have an adult trip planned <laughs> to go to Las Vegas in July. But this is our this is our let's be kids for two nights and then come back home and get back to work. So I'm really looking forward to that. Good advice. And I think unlimited passes to something. Like even if you're not near a theme park or whatever, like unlimited passes to something that you like that you enjoy because it is really freeing like we have movie passes and and now granted it's not that's not going to be comparable on scale of what you're talking about for season passes but it's so fun to at the drop of a hat be able to say like you want to see a movie and it's already paid for like we literally can just pick seats and go anytime we want to go see a movie and we are big movie people eric's a film school guy he uh he has his master's in film so we love to go see movies and being able to just go anytime we want to see a movie is amazing so yeah i think those unlimited passes are so cool they really are everybody talks about how millennials have such a big desire for nostalgia and i would even go a step further and say that millennials have such a desire to reclaim their childhood I know I do to a degree I had a fine childhood but there's something about you work really hard I think millennials have had to work harder to overcome so many challenges specifically in financial realm I mean we've been through a recession (laughs) we've been through a lot of stuff war (laughs) I just think there's something to be said about being able to take a step back and be a kid for a little while whether that's going to the movies and watching whatever you want and ordering whatever you want or that's going to a theme park with your husband like whatever that looks like for you be a kid for a little while and yeah enjoy it so on that note yeah where can they find us well, you can definitely find us on Instagram at Big Brave Business, but you guys, 
Have you watched our YouTube channel yet? So many people have and they're loving it. It makes it's so exciting and it's so freaking fun. I'm loving it. It's so it's fun. It's so fun. It's not watching us record an episode. So don't think, oh my God, I've already listened to the podcast. Why do I need nope, to go to YouTube? Totally different it, content. We are interviewing some really fun and insightful people. They're not boring interviews. We're not asking them about what they did for you know, their first job. We're asking them questions that you may would want to know, or they're just fun to get to know them as people. And I highly recommend it's really, really, really fun. It's like inside the actor's studio, but with just people that we have come across in our in our working lives that are yeah. awesome and that we would want you to know. And it's kind of like we're in a room with a bunch of people that we just love and we're introducing you to all the people. It's really fun. It's really fun. Basically we want you to meet our friends and one of the guests that we have coming up soon, we literally met because of this podcast. So when we say we want to be business besties with you and then with the YouTube channel, we want to introduce you to our friends that can literally be you. We can hang out and um, the YouTube videos are not as long as the podcast episodes. They're like 15 minutes or less. They're fun. They're both life and business and some really cool, diverse people that we just can't wait to introduce you to. So definitely check us out on YouTube. We are at Big Brave Business as well. And the first two episodes were both myself and Amanda. And I believe at the time that this comes out, our first guest aired last week. So we're doing new episodes of the podcast on Tuesdays and new YouTube videos on Wednesdays. So make sure you go check us out on YouTube. Yeah, and if you think you would be a fun guest, this would be a great way for us to all connect together. Send us a message on Instagram. Tell us about your business. Tell us about what you do. Let's talk. Yeah, and tell us what you love about the podcast and us. <laughs> yes. Don't make that face. We're yeah. going to be friends now. We want we, – here's what I'm trying to get at. We don't just want, like, solicitations from people like, oh, I'm looking to be a guest. Like, no, we want to actually have a relationship with you. So – Tell us what you listen to on the podcast. Tell us what you like on the podcast. Tell us what episodes have meant something to you. And that's a better way to establish an actual relationship that will also feature you on YouTube. Yeah, so stay tuned. We will be back next week with another fun episode. And we will rather see you on YouTube or we'll chat with you next week. Bye.